Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. This is one of those days that you cannot trade on on what you're seeing in the markets. What goes up goes down really fast. And it's just been kind of an interesting feel. And that's kind of where our focus is going to be uh, during today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Four things that go up, four things that go down. I think gone away is the days of marketing day by day. And as joining me today says uh, it's more on a weekly basis. And I think she nailed it. Heather Ramsey is joining us with the ARC group and Heather gone are the days where you might be able to look at a market mid-morning and say okay before afternoon I need to do this because it's going to change and it definitely has done that. Yeah I, I you know I've had more and more conversations with clients where they discuss a pricing strategy with me and we're like yeah um, the market was there 10 minutes ago it's not there now. And sometimes it's not even 10 minutes. It's it's we're talking and the market's there and two minutes later, it's gone. And so it's really hard for a farmer to make that kind of decision that quickly. So I've been talking to them a lot about using the offer strategy, the offer system that we have available to us when it comes to pricing grain, whether it's in the cash market, on the board, doesn't matter. That capability is out there. The market goes up so fast and comes down that we've got to utilize that in order to get things done. And and so that's one of the things we've been talking about. The other thing, as you mentioned, is there are these there are these headline bullet points on either side of either the bull strategies or, or the bull um, opinions, optimism, the bear opinions, and the pessimism, right? And we just keep trading them. Sometimes we trade both sides during the day. Some, one day we get one opinion, the next we get another, and. They're the same things we've been talking about for months now. Um, you know, from a bullish standpoint, China comes in and buys beans. We see China talk about reducing COVID um, protocols, and that sends us, you know, upwards. Um, the other side of the equation leading up to this has been, you know, what's the EPA going to do? Now we kind of have a known number on that, and so that's really not bullish anymore like it used to be. It's very neutral, if not downward trending here, what we're seeing today. Um, weather is also the one other opportunity that lends towards being bullish sometimes. Um, but even the weather pattern continues to ebb and flow and change. Really only one part of the South American equation was having any sort of weather that was leading to a bullish move, while the other part of South America, Brazil specifically, has been having beautiful weather. So then you start leaning towards the bears, and that Brazilian weather is definitely bearish. Um, it's for all intents and purposes, it's been perfect. <laughs> I mean, they're having the kind of weather that we would kill for here. We're just like, we're ready for a really nice go around with Mother Nature here from this winter through into spring. And so hopefully we get that in the United States. But that is putting pressure on the soybean market. Um, we're seeing low overall export numbers, which is continuing to put pressure on both corn and soybeans and wheat market. Um, like I said earlier, initially the EPA expectations had been bullish. Now they're leaning bearish. Not so much because it's a reduction in biofuels mandate, but because it's a known number now. The top is not unlimited. We know what it is. Um, and there wasn't near as much growth as I think everyone in the biofuels industry was kind of hoping for. Um, then there's this other fourth kind of bullet point deal. And Susan, you and I had a conversation during Husker Harvest Days when this was really hot and heavy, and it's still here, and that is the rail strike. You bet. Um, 
we had a great discussion then about what that meant for farmers during harvest. And now we're sitting here talking about what does it mean for farmers outside of harvest? And better yet, what are the key players thinking? Right now, um, I did see a notice today that um, yesterday on Wednesday, the House approved um, portions of a bill, part of a bill around the railroaders themselves and their benefits. Um, One of the key things that the House is asking for and is getting involved in is upping the sick day numbers for rail uh, for rail workers. I don't know if the Senate the Senate doesn't appear to be on the same page with that. And quite frankly, my personal opinion is everyone will be much happier if they can reach their own compromise without um, the government getting involved. But it does sound like the government is willing um, or is in the process of being willing to step in to avoid the strike because you and I have talked about this. Everyone has has sort of alluded to this. A week of rail shutdown is a billion dollars to the economy. That's not just, you know, the rail workers and, you know, those those manufacturing or those, um, you know, in the ag industry, anyone on the rail specifically. I mean, think of the millions of dollars related to household income that that affects, too. So it, it's a huge, huge number. Um, but that has ebbed and flowed throughout the last four to five months as well of are we are we ha- are we reading a resolution? Are we not? So. Here we are today on December 1st, and we're still talking about this. Um, It's not going away anytime soon. We do have an approaching deadline that we need to see um, whether we have a resolution or not. That would be next week. That's December 9th. Um, So, again, that one's kind of our fourth biggest bullet point right now and kind of, in my opinion, of what the market is trading day to day anyways. So let's talk about that railroad right now. We've got about uh, 45 seconds before we wrap up this first half, but... There's a lot of concerns. How do you export? How do you know if you can even ship not knowing if you're going to have rail opportunities, you know, 30 days from now? Yeah, the biggest thing we've seen on the ag side is definitely um, a decrease in basis values as part of that unknown. Um, Domestically, the pipeline is still a mess. You know, getting the surplus grain where we had it out to the places of deficit, that's still a mess. So a delay in rail does not help us at all there. So we're seeing that we're seeing that translate backwards to the farmer in reduced basis and um, kind of an unknown um, bid structure going forward. There's been a lot of hesitation to get too far ahead of ourselves um, as far as the purchasing side of, of our business goes. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue. Hard to believe we're saying the first of December, but we are starting a new month and wrapping up this trading week as well tomorrow. But lots of factors we're going to continue to look at. Dive a little bit more into this weather, what we're seeing crop wise and a lot a whole lot more that is from a grain perspective stick around more is coming up it's the Fontenelle final bell on the rural radio network with 85 years of serving nebraska farmers Fontenelle hybrids is still committed to helping you meet the challenges in every field in farmer managed trials over the last three seasons Fontenelle's 15 top yielding corn products had over a nine bushel per acre yield advantage over pioneers commercially available leading volume corn products that's a 75% win rate. No wonder Fontenelle is called the best kept secret in the Cornhusker state. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer to see what all the fuss is about. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing today. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with Heather Ramsey. Heather, of course, with the ARC Group. And this this day of trading ranges, we kind of started out this segment kind of talking about what was going on with the ebbs and flows. And I think there's just seems in the last couple of months, there's more knee-jerk reaction than there is solid movement and explanations for trade. Yeah, you know what's really interesting about this market is that day-to-day, like we've talked about, we're all over the place. We're up, we're down, we're up and down intraday. What's interesting is this time of year, and I say this time of year referencing kind of this October, November into December window, seasonally, we usually are fairly range-bound. I will say this, the range is usually pretty small. And we have seen a tightening of our range on both corn and soybeans in the last month, for sure. Um, but we usually don't hit the top and bottom of, of it as frequently as we have been. You know, we've been to the top and bottom of the range five to six different times over the last two months. Normally, we're, we're seeing the highs and the lows of the range, you know, two to three times from October, November. So it's been interesting. We hit the top and bottom of that range a lot more. Very sideways trade, which we expect a sideways trade this this time of year. It's just that because of the um, the veracity in which we move top to bottom right now, it feels a lot crazier. And so this idea that, you know, coming in one day and figuring out what the market's doing is going to give you some sort of indicator is, is kind of null and void right now. You need to look at it from a kind of a week over week standpoint, you know, evaluate where we've been over the last couple months and then like figure out what it is that's most important to you as a, as a farmer from a risk management standpoint. And, and so where we've been in this, this seasonal sideways trade, this is somewhat to be expected. If you're in the business and you're looking at charts and you're looking at patterns and you're the seasonality of, of, of the markets, I think that December is always a really important time frame for us from a planning standpoint. It's like, get your acres together know where we're going to go next year with acres right evaluate where those prices are at versus costs i mean cost is something we could spend an entire other segment on (laughs) i mean there are it's a different structure this year and like start making those plans around where we need to protect where we can actually take advantage of profit that kind of thing but like i said we can't do that if we're just focused on knee-jerk reacting to every single day um that's probably been the um, the hardest thing for every um, client to digest is not to um, panic or not to make knee-jerk sales along with the market because you can really get yourself tied up in knots if you're trying to react every time the market is. We just don't. On the farm, that's additional risk we don't need. You know, to, to be playing around with the market in this environment that's a lot of additional risk we don't need. So we're trying to just keep everyone real level-headed about where we're at and what the game plan is going forward. So then what kind of influence are we going to see? Obviously, weather for us is we hopefully get some moisture this this winter. But um, oh, South America pressure as well, knowing that they're supposedly going to have an, another amazing crop. Yeah, this this weather weather versus production discussion is going to be huge as much as Everything in South America is looking really, Brazil's looking really good. Argentina is getting some rains here in a very crucial time frame. Um, You know, they're planting their second crop of corn and their first crop of soybeans, and they're seeing record highs right now. So they really have to have this rain that just got put into the forecast. Um, 
you know, so we'll continue to see ebbs and flows on South American weather. But at some point here, we will shift gears and start looking at the lack of moisture coming to the main growing regions in the U.S. for this winter time frame. I, I mean, we're putting in new records for dryness here all the time, it seems like. Um, we've got the worst rated wheat crop on record right now as well. There is definitely something to be said about U.S. weather coming into the picture as a market mover probably sooner than later versus that normal timing. Normally it's, you know, March, April. And we're like, hey, we're getting a little rain. We're going to plant. Everything's great. Um, we're so dry. The subsoil maps are scary right now. If you if you have a, a time to go and look at that online, you know, those are scary pictures if you're in the farming world. Um even for our segment of the country where we have a lot of irrigation, subsoil makes all the difference in what we're raising everywhere. Irrigated, non-irrigated, it doesn't matter. We've got to have good subsoil to raise really good crops. And so we really need a replenishing uh, winter. Right now, uh, I don't see a lot in the forecast to suggest that that's going to happen. Now, granted, we got a long way to go, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be really important going forward that something pans out for a broad majority of this growing region. Lots of great things that we talked about today, Heather. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, they can call us anytime, 402-484-7474. I'm extension 125, um, or they can check us out online at agrisconsulting.net. All right, that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.